0: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, September 21st. September 21st, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Got a great show planned for you today. Going to be joined here in just a sec by the great Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. But first, not, I need to read you something. When do you drink your AG1? This is one of our tremendous sponsors. What effects have you felt on your body? AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. It replaces your multivitamin probiotic and more in one simple drinkable habit, creating a manageable daily habit. That's the key here. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine Then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com backslash Bucknuts. That's drinkag1.com backslash Bucknuts. Check it out. You will see on the ticker, those of you who are tuned in, that you can do it there as well. We bring in our guys, Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter. Gentlemen, how goes it? It is a big Good weekend. Yep, it's a big weekend. We're going to get everything these guys have that you need to know about the high school gridiron in Ohio, where they'll be going, etc. And then we're going to get into Notre Dame and Ohio State as well. But these guys, especially Mika Hanna, were up early asking the low-hanging fruit recruiting questions. And so I'm going to rotate here. And try and get a little balance. We will start, as always, with the dean, Bill Kerlick, and with the lowest and the lowest of low-hanging fruit, probably the most common questions we get on here: is the possibility of flipping Marquise Lightfoot and/or Dylan Stewart over? If so, do we look elsewhere? We need high-quality defensive ends. Marquise Lightfoot, of course, from Chicago, and Dylan Stewart, the fine D.C. native, committed to. Miami and South Carolina, respectively, William.
1: Well, I don't like to ever say never when it comes to recruiting. Uh, you start saying never. And of course, something then happens that you said never about. But uh, uh, so I don't like to say never when it comes to flipping Dylan Stewart, for instance. But I think that's going to be really tough. I don't really expect that to happen. Um He's got friends of South Carolina. He sees, has seemed very content uh, overall. I, I just uh, think that is unlikely to happen. In the case of Lightfoot, um, they don't like at his school committed kids visiting elsewhere, and good for them. I think that's you know uh, an admirable position to have. Lightfoot is still committed to Miami, so that would indicate to me that. Uh, the chances of him visiting Ohio State right now are not overly likely. But maybe he does decommit, or maybe he just goes ahead and visits Ohio State. I'm not saying that could never happen. I'm just saying that's not a thing that they usually do at his high school. So the first thing would be to look to see if he would end up decommitting. And right now he has showed no signs of that. In fact, he's really uh, seemed to get stronger in his commitment to the Hurricanes. But he has it. Tasked times brought up the possibility of being at that Ohio State Penn State game. We've still got basically a month to go before that game, so we will see what happens. I know that uh um well part of the question too was if not, then who do they look at? Um Booker Pickett is not being recruited as a defensive end, he's being recruited as a linebacker, and right now, um, you know, that's he hasn't been a huge priority guy for Ohio State, but he is still been talking about making an official visit to Ohio State. Um, uh, So as far as defensive ends, I think they'll continue to look to see what's out there. Transfer portal, possible flip guys, and guys having a great senior season. And, you know, I'm going to lead into that uh, for Mark, that uh, one of the guys we've talked about in the past is Dominic Kirks, who Mark has talked about uh, as well as possibly – uh, a guy that Ohio State could look at. Um, so I'll—I I'll, don't know for sure if Mark has seen him recently. I know he's talked about that. So I'll toss the Dominique Kirch part of it to
0: Mark. Mark, is this—is this who Doug, Doug Shepard is asking you about here?
2: Um, Elijah King is the defensive end for Lincoln, and he is lights out. He—he was—I uh, did a post the other day on the message boards about maybe who are the short list of Ohioans that. You know, may have a chance to have an offer, and, and King is one of them from uh, Lincoln. He, he's really a long prospect uh, in the classroom. He needed to pick it up a little bit, so that could be coming together for him. I know he was making a lot of progress this summer. Um, as far as Dominic Kirk's, uh, Coach Rotsky sent me the recruiting sheet at the beginning of the year, and he's their top prospect for Villa Angela St. Joe's. But he no longer plays there. He plays at Payneville Riverside, and I believe his brother is also a re- uh, receiver at Paynesville Riverside. Uh, and I just happened to be flipping through Huddle the other day and watched some film of him. He looks good, okay, but I don't think he's a defensive end in the the, the way we want it. He's not a Marquise Lightfoot or an Alash Rudolph by any means. He's he's not going to be a twitchy edge, rougher or edge rusher. He's more of your five technique defensive end. You know, your defensive tackle. It's got a little thickness, or you know, maybe a three technique with some explosion. So. You know, I don't know if he's going to be the answer to the defensive end question at the end of the day, although he's a great player. I think we're looking for an explosive rushing defensive end with Jetson issues, not the stout versus the run defense end. So there's my answer on Dominique Kirk's after checking out a little bit of tape. I really like him, but I think we're looking for a particular build here.
0: I think the guys that fit the bill, that, no pun intended, that the people want here, those guys aren't really on the market right now. The edge defensive end who gets to the quarterback. Those people have been scouted so thoroughly that we probably have all those locked up. Now that does not mean someone couldn't physically emerge during their senior or junior uh, senior year and be just as good as everybody else. These are kids that happens. But in terms of the existing profiles, guys who are not going to make their mark in the next, haven't made it already in the next few months. I would think those guys are all snapped up um, from top to bottom. Now you'll get into your flip season and stuff like that. But in terms of Marquise Lightfoot and Dylan Stewart, I think we should count on those ships sailing away. I'm not sure we're going to address that here again until we kind of have some juice to it. William, any updates on Jordan Seaton, the offensive lineman, from D.C. via IMG Academy. I know he went and visited Colorado this past weekend. That's kind of scary now. They are now a player. Don't think they're not. Um, Your thoughts on the big man? Well, uh, and I also
1: think Alabama, they are absolutely a factor there too with Seton. He's already visited there, and I believe he's going to try to get back there. Uh, He is still talking about Ohio State. At one point, he had... Uh, scheduled Ohio state in for an official visit for the Maryland game. He has switched some things around. He hasn't said for sure if he um, will make an official visit to Ohio state that weekend. I don't uh, You know. Again, he's changed things around a lot. So we'll see if he gets in that weekend. He is still considering Ohio state. I just think that uh, right now, as things stand this minute, Uh, some other schools are probably ahead of Ohio state in the pecking order. Cause you know, we talked about Alabama, maybe Colorado, the Florida schools. He is in Florida now. So I think, uh, Ohio state will continue to work on him because he is absolutely an elite guy. Um, I know people have talked about him as a guard, but (laughs) Mm -mm. watching him, he's an elite tackle to me. Um, at least if he came to Ohio state, he would be.
0: Yeah. He's a left tackle. Um, also, if you figure uh, IMG is preparing you for the next level and so on, left tackles get paid a lot more than guards. So my guess is he's going to try and make a run at left tackle before anything else. Mark, Highland High School has, in Sparta, Ohio, like you needed to know that, has a good <laughs> running back that is getting overlooked because it's a small school and he doesn't do camps, watches tape, and see he doesn't get any help. His name is Dane Nauman, I believe. Are you familiar, and do you have thoughts?
2: Um, the only thing I know about Sparta is every now and then on my way home from Columbus, I'll cut through that area, uh, on my way to route three to cut through the Amish territory to, you know, because I'm tired of the traffic, but I have been through there and I have seen that school. Uh, I'll check them out. And this is the, this is what I like about Twitter. I get messages every day like this that, Hey, thank you for helping me get the places that, yeah, there's 717 high schools, um, Bill and I get to an awful lot of them throughout a year the way we do it, but I think I only see about 200, 250 high schools a year.
1: Oh, oh, only, huh? Oh, I was only. Say,
0: only. Yeah. yeah. In 10 weekends. So someone else do the math there. Yeah, 16 um,
2: weekends now.
0: I'm sorry. It's still, you put a six in there, and lose the 10. I am not doing the math. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's both of you get a shot at this, Mark. I'll give you the first shot. Have you been to see the three kids from Hoban this year? Do you think Peyton Cook will ultimately get an Ohio State offer? Mark, if you could please introduce us to the three. I know one of them can get you a few rebounds.
2: Yeah, I went to see Akron Hoban versus uh, Akron East uh, two Saturdays ago. Um, Akron Hoban made quick work of Akron East. They did put up a little bit of a fight in the first quarter. Uh, the big three are the offensive linemen, and he has not played yet this year. He is hurt. Uh, Peyton hey, Cook. Sam Greer, Peyton Cook, yep, is the receiver. Um, not much work for him to do that game. Uh, I've seen most of his highlights from camps and seen him the there. I think he is an Ohio State offer. I think it's just a matter of time, uh, him getting the tape to back it up. Uh, and Akron Hoban had a bunch of other guys. The third guy is the corner that won the MVP uh, at Albert the Michigan Hill. camp. Albert Hill, yeah. Same thing, you know, like – when you, when you watch them against Akronis, they weren't throwing it around. It's it's kind of like a Bryce West, Aaron Scott, Jermaine Matthews scenario. Uh, watching corners live during games is the most exciting thing in the world. You, you, we, we saw him do his jump in front of Mark Parentoni. That was more impressive than what I could see in the first half of a game. You know, him... Uh, justifying his ranking with his explosion, his numbers, and stuff like that. Uh, but Akron Hoban has a great-looking class of seniors, too. Ricky Williams and a few of those other guys. Uh, I'm probably going to have to see Hoban again in the playoffs so I can you know, get a better gauge because that game was over so quick. But I think Peyton Cook is an Ohio State offer. Just get the body of work on tape. And you know, I think Ohio State also has to watch a lot of receivers nationally – to make mm-hmm. sure he's on the level because there may be a national filet that they want to eat before they dive into the local filet. So
1: and just I, a few thoughts uh, there. I also um, want to throw in I uh, Mark said he'll probably see them in the playoffs, and uh, we'll get another update in between there because I'm going to be at the Akron-Hoban-Lakewood-St. Edwards game. and play. I have that one on my schedule. It's going to be a fantastic game. What a weekend. I'm going to go to uh, uh, Hoban versus St. Edwards on a Friday night. Happens to be October 20th. Next day is October 21st, Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, But I'm very much looking forward to that game. I'll see the Armstrong twins. They play on a Friday night. Most of their games are on Saturday, but they play on a Friday night. And lo and behold, Saturday, they can go to the Ohio State-Penn State game and help with Buckeye recruiting. Uh, Peyton Cook, Mark mentioned, Uh, Mark and I both saw him at Ohio State's camp. I was really impressed with him. I was a little bit surprised he didn't get an offer right then, but I agree with Mark. He is a strong offer candidate at some point for Ohio State, and he absolutely wants an Ohio State offer. He has told me that is one of his things. He would like to get an Ohio State offer. So really looking forward to seeing Peyton Cook. Uh, Sam Greer should be back in action by them. Uh, The Armstrong Twins, Albert Hill,
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sam Greer could not play this year and not play next year. And then show me he has a clean bill of health, and I will take him. I'm telling you something. You know, I've been doing Ohio this for a I know when I see a professional football player in person, that's one of them. Go ahead, Mark.
2: Ohio State may Tanya him a few times just so no one else gets to see him.
0: I believe the term you want there is galuli uh, We <laughs> used to use that a lot. Give him the Galuli treatment. And we will stop the run. Uh, Anyway, let's kill that. This is a very interesting story from Cody Stein. What's going on with Dorian Brew transferring to Texas to finish high school? Is that a bad thing for Ohio State? Heard A&M was his dream school. Now, Dorian Brew moved from the Houston, Texas area to Clayton, Ohio, and attended Northmont. Probably was a middle school then, but uh, he is a Houston native. So that is not so alarming, that part of it. Now, leaving midseason, that is quite alarming, especially when you have an offer list to stop traffic already. He's not doing it for an offer from Ohio State. He has that, and he's a top-of-the-board guy. What I have heard is that he was not psyched at Northmont. I'm not going to go into too many details on that, just falling out of favor. Uh, The parents weren't psyched with how he's being treated, generally speaking. So he went home. I don't know why it was midseason. I don't know why it was so abrupt. I've been asked if it was for NIL reasons. I don't know the answer to that. Let's take this from the recruiting side, Bill. Do you think this has any effect on Dorian Brew possibly landing at Ohio State?
1: Well, his mom is an Ohio State. uh, He's a legacy. His mom was an Ohio State uh, uh, athlete. Uh, He likes Ohio State a lot. I still think Ohio State is absolutely right there. Um, From what I understand, I think he may have a relative that coaches uh, down there, too. So I think that might be a factor as well in in why he he left. But um, uh, the background in Texas is there, as you uh, described, Dan. So I think the Texas schools are going to be very much in the mix for him. I think Ohio State is still going to be in the mix. I think Notre Dame will still be in the mix and some others. I mean, he is a great, great prospect. So those schools are all going to continue to recruit him, no matter where he's at. Uh, And I think he will continue to consider Ohio State. But, again, now he's going to be in Texas for the rest of this season and next season, so that is – good for the Texas school. So I think we're going to have to wait and see. I think at one point I was somewhat close to crystal balling him to Ohio state. Now I want to take a step back and see how things go and what, what transpires with him being in the state of Texas.
0: He already has offers from Texas and Texas A&M, you know, Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio state. So there's, you know, Uh, go ahead, Mark.
2: Yeah. This ship has sailed. If you wanted to go to Ohio State and your mom's a legacy, you don't leave Ohio to go to Texas. It just doesn't make any sense. To, to come back in a year or so to go to Ohio State, uh, if you're doing the common sense math, the, the Texas money, and I think that's going to be a tough one to overcome. Once they wrap their arms around him down there and he's down there, it's it's I don't see it coming back. Sorry. Sorry.
0: Yeah, listen, it's tough. That's it's reality. I think his dad actually – really, if,
2: if, if he had any inkling of staying in Ohio and going to Ohio State, anybody else who's been mad at a coach or had a rough year somewhere, they solve it in the offseason by going somewhere else in Ohio. You know, Sam Williams-Dixon transferred closer to Columbus because he knew that's where he's going. You know, if, if you know that's where you're going – and, I mean, like you said, the mom's a legacy. They've talked about this. And if they knew there was a 50, 60, 70 percent chance it was Ohio State, then, yeah, you don't, you know, go to a different state to come back. So I I think it's rationally uh, very bad.
1: I'm going to take take the counterpoint on that with with one uh, caveat there. The family's in Texas, so it would make sense to go to Texas if you're not here. Uh, Where would be the, the next most sensible place to go is where your where other family is so yeah that's the counterpoint to that i guess
0: yeah i think the dad actually lives in texas so i'm not really sure i mean de- look there's no way to sugarcoat it it doesn't help i mean no not, not it, 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 there's no way for us to come on here and say it's it's we're really talking about here whether or not they're still kind of the pole position or in the serious mix i do think they're in serious mix this is where being ohio state and your legacy for defensive backs and, you know, let's see where Denzel Burke gets picked in the draft kind of thing will help. But Texas and Texas A&M, those are some serious draws down there, man. I mean, Texas is its own country. You ever meet anyone from Texas? They want to friggin succeed. So it's a different vibe. All that said, uh, we will let Bill check in with the Ohio State staff eventually here and come back with some information. Bill ahead said ahead. it at
2: the beginning, never say never. Right. And as soon as you say never, that's when you usually are wrong. Let's hope I'm wrong by saying he's never coming to Ohio State. Let's make me look like a fool in a couple months.
0: Come on. That's not, it's, we're just trying to give our opinion here. Let's yeah. uh, talk about another sponsor, and I'll give you an opinion. If you have a yard that needs help, listen up. Bucknutters, do you want your lawn to be the best on the block, like Bill Curlick and Mark Porter, but not sure where to start? <laughs> that's where jonathan green comes in their lawn care products are the secret to achieving the lawn of your dreams with over 100 year, 130 years of experience jonathan green is a name you can trust for quality lawn care their black beauty grass seed is specially formulated to thrive in your region whether you're in the midwest northeast or anywhere in between and here's the best part buckeye fans jonathan green grass seed is naturally dark green in color That means you'll spend less money on fertilizer and your lawn will look amazing all season long. Plus, Jonathan Green grass seed has been formulated to be insect and disease resistant, just like Bill. That means less pesticides around your home, creating a safer environment for your family and pets. Visit JonathanGreen.com and use coupon BUTTNUTS10 to get 10% off your order. Jonathan Green, quality lawn since 1881. You can see the ticker there at the bottom if you need to get on the track. All right, let's get some more chatter here. Doug Shepard with a general question for the two of you to get this started here, and then we'll get into Notre Dame. How does the talent in Ohio high school football stack up this season? Mark, there's no better person to ask than yourself. You generally get an idea of Division I dudes per year. How are we figuring for the class of 2024 and then maybe else, you know, five, six after that.
2: So if COVID was here and we were going back to full power, I think we're back to full power, like uh, right. power up. With Ohio state having eight offers or eight commitments from the class of 2024, that's as many as we've taken from Ohio. And they're like, we're saying there may be others that are really good or on the mix. Uh, class of 2025 looks even better. And, When we look at it, like people ask that question, like uh, total numbers wise for D1, like is there 125 D1 kids? Is there 150 D1 kids? That's one way to look at the strength of the class. The other way to look at the strength of the class is how top heavy is it with top end talent? Because Ohio State can usually pull in that top end talent and they don't have to fight other states for it as hard. So I think it's really good. I think. This last class was as good as Bill and I probably have seen for Ohio guys going to Ohio State. So stock up, definitely.
0: Bill, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I like I like Ohio's 2024 class. I, I really like the 2025 class. I think Mark talked about how many guys from the 2024 class have already committed to Ohio State. And you look at the guys from the 2025 class, and I believe they've, Ohio State has already offered – Eight or nine 2025 Ohio ones. And we aren't, we're only at the almost halfway point of their junior season. So there's going to be more offers. So Ohio for 2025, I, I really, uh, that class excites me as far as the talent at the top end of it. And uh, uh, the good news is Ohio State, generally speaking, is uh, in good to very good shape with. Uh, all of the kids in Ohio for the 2025 class that they've offered doesn't mean they're going to get every one of them, but right now they're in pretty good to, to good to decent shape with all of them. Uh, now, of course, one of them is left. Unfortunately, the top guy, uh, Dorian brew is now in Texas. So we can no longer consider him uh, in that Ohio class of 2025, but still it's a very good class.
0: All right. We have some more recruiting questions here, but, I think we're going to let them go and start talking Ohio State-Notre Dame. I asked these guys to bone up a little bit. Let's start with you, Mark. Let's just go with this question here. Big Chevy, think Sam Hartman and the Notre Dame receivers can match up with our quarters? I think he means corners. Well, we're playing quarters coverage. He's getting so deep in here. that's. I doubt that's what he means. Or do you think our corners have better talent?
2: I think he's using uh, talk to text, and that's usually what happens to me when I use talk to text. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, I've talked to some Notre Dame people, and I've kind of, you know, been through our film, so I know a little bit about this battle. I think our corners can run with those receivers. It's just how much time does Hartman have. And uh, Notre Dame has two really good offensive tackles. So, you know, our prized possessions at defensive end – have their work cut out for him. The interior of the Notre Dame line isn't as good, and I think that's where you may see some more pressure up into his face. Uh, You pressure him with four, and we're going to win. If we have to start blitzing and we start going into that cover one and cover zero and letting them run man-to-man beaters and protecting, that's not the recipe. Hartman's got too much experience. I think he's the guy that will take the freebies, and he knows where the – the holes are in certain defenses where you can get some easy stuff off. Um, you know, when you flip it over to the other side, you know, defensively for Notre Dame and our offense, I think we're going to – it's the same thing. Can they get pressure on us without having the blitz? You know, talking to some Notre Dame people, they think they've had to blitz to get pressure. And if they do that versus Marvin Harrison, I think he has a day. And I think if we game plan for Marvin Harrison to get him balls – whether it's on bubbles or rocket screens or funnel screens or tunnel screens and every other way to get him touches. I think that spells disaster for Notre Dame because he is our playmaker. And I think the speed of Trayvon Henderson is going to be another thing to look at. Uh, I think you're going to ask me for a prediction here pretty soon. Um, I think this is a tight one and you know, I'll, I'll digress for one second. I noticed when you have these sports books online now that you can bet the game after it starts,
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't care. Oh,
2: (laughs) I've never seen anything so glorious in my life. You mean I can watch five (laughs) or 10 minutes and get a beat on things before I can fire my money in there. So my advice to anybody who's thinking about picking this game is watch four or five minutes of that first quarter. And if it's a, you know, a little bit of a stalemate and some ugly football, I think that tells you you're going to be in for like a 27, 24 game. Ohio State should be able to come out on top of this. What worries me with Ohio State is the speed of the game in the first quarter. They haven't seen that opponent that's got the real, you know, upper echelon, top 10 type of opponent speed. So I think if we can adjust to that early, we win pretty handily. But I think that's going to be a weird first quarter. I just sense two big heavyweights kind of feeling each other out there. And you know, landing that first punch in this game could be huge. So I, I go Ohio State with a twenty-seven, twenty-four, something like that. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tight, tighter than we want it to be.
0: I mean, when you talk atmosphere, the weather is supposed to be spectacular. I, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless almost because I've been there for games like this, and it's not something you could put into words. When the Buckeyes went out onto the field for that game. Um, that's a lot to fight if you're Notre Dame, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. we talk about juice you get from the home crowd. I'll give my opinion on the general vibe of the game after the Dean. Bill, you got in the film room yourself. Your thoughts?
1: Well, I want to kind of second a couple of the things you said, Dan. Um, the home crowd, night game, atmosphere, that's something high state is gonna to have to overcome big time. It's going to be wild there. Um, that's one of my worries. Uh, the revenge factor, another worry. You know, high state beat them the opening game last year. They're not gonna forget that. So that's another factor. Uh, and then Sam Hartman. You know, I'm Notre Today's receivers, they're good, but There is not a duo, for instance, of Marvin Harrison and Emeka Abuka out there, but they do have Sam Hartman. The kid's completing, I think, 71% of his passes this year. He is good. Going to be a real challenge facing him. He is another big worry for me. But the other thing, too, is that um, Notre Dame's got a pretty good running game. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, Audrick Estine, Jeremiah Love, those guys are pretty – it's a pretty powerful, solid running game. High State's got to stop that first. If they can't stop the running game, they're not going to probably be able to get pressure without blitzing. So uh, they really have to stop the running game uh, while also realizing that Sam Hartman is really an excellent quarterback. Um, Defensively, Notre Dame has looked pretty good this year, but I'm not sure that that isn't, as much a factor as who they play so far as anything. I don't think their defense is that great. Uh, You know, Javante John Baptiste is playing for them. He's a kid that, you know, really was not uh, a huge contributor at Ohio State. Their linebackers, they got a couple pretty decent ones. And uh, Luafu, I think is how he pronounces his name and uh, Jack Kaiser. But overall, I don't think their defense is great. So I think Ohio State's gonna put some points on the board. Uh, I just think it's a matter of how well Ohio state can stop Notre Dame's running game, make Notre Dame one dimensional, and then hopefully hold down Sam Hartman to reasonable numbers and prediction wise. I I think it's going to be a reasonably high scoring game. I'm going to go with Ohio state 38, Notre Dame 30. I don't think either one of these teams is going to be stopped consistently. Um, But I think Ohio State's offensive line is going to be under a bigger test than they have been so far this year. And they've improved. Now we'll see how much they've
0: improved. This game is so interesting on so many levels. Like as a reporter, when I used my hands used to work and I used to actually be a writer, you know, you go into games thinking about storylines and what you might want to write about. There are so many storylines for this game. There is so much on the line. Here's what I'll say about Sam Hartman, and I watched intently. First of all, if Sam Hartman was that good, he'd be in the NFL. Nobody chooses college over the NFL after five years. Okay, that's fair. He's a very good college quarterback. This is going to be the year of the quarterback in the draft. You're not going to hear him mention in the top six or seven. And Why is that? I don't really have a good answer for that right now. We'll see this weekend. But um, he's a very good player. He missed a couple throws uh, decision-wise in the game I watched when he was under pressure. So the key is going to come back to, like, can they get the pressure with the four guys and such. But I think Notre Dame is going to have a hell of a time stopping Ohio State's offense for this reason. And people may disagree with me. The last two huge games Ohio State's been in, they've lost. I agree. But I thought the offensive game plan for the Michigan game last year was excellent. We just did not come through execution-wise in the beginning of the game. It was not two years ago. Go watch it again if you have to. There's two or three plays in that game that I think had Ohio State made. They may even run away with it. Secondly, we all know the Georgia game plan was arguably the best game plan formulated by any team last year. So I think Ryan Day has got some stuff ready for Notre Dame. I think you've seen very vanilla offense from Ohio State to this point, and – The fact is if you can spread Notre Dame out and force them to guard your guys one-on-one, there's nobody that can hang with Ohio state. So I see a big game. I could see someone like a Mecheg Buka just going crazy in this game. Um, I've been real happy with what they've done with Cade Stover. So my faith is in Ryan day right here. Um, I am confident that the offense will be excellent defensively. You talk about a litmus test. I imagine, I mean, everybody is looking at Jack Sawyer and JT Tuamalo for this weekend. Ironically, Jack was National Defensive Player of the Week last week for for Pro Football Focus because of the pressures. Um, I'm actually pretty confident about this game. I don't think Notre Dame has seen anything like Ohio State. And I go back to when I used to pick high school games. When you've played lesser competition and then get in there with a legitimate team where every single guy is going to be tested. I think it makes a big difference. I think Ohio State will win by a couple touchdowns. I'll give my final score coming up. We appreciate these guys stopping by. It's going to be an incredible weekend. Keep it locked here to Bucknuts. Have a good one, Bucknutters.